0: Delano's Top of the Week.
1: Cordula from Delano is in this week for Delano's Top of the Week. Uh, what, hopp- what happens on this part of the show is uh, we have a discussion about something that's been in the headlines in Luxembourg recently. Uh, we take a look at some of the events that are upcoming in Luxembourg City uh, that people can attend and then there's always a personal pick at the end from whoever is in at the week. Uh, as I said, Cordula's is with me this week and we are talking about the closure of the maternity ward in Etelbrook, uh which has happened recently. Uh, why, did it have to, why has it had to close down? Or not close down, but close temporarily.
0: So, um... It was quite a quite short notice. Um, as you said, the maternity ward um, at the Centre Hospitalier du Nord uh, closed, essentially because of a shortage of um, doctors specialising in uh, neonatal care and emergencies. Um, so the hospital found itself in a situation where, for example, regular anesthesiologists had to resuscitate newborns, um, which they are not specialised in, and would then have to sort of, you know, they cannot ensure intensive care treatment of infants. And at least, uh, the hospital said that at least twice a month, they had to call and help from the Centre Hospitalier de Luxembourg, the CHL, in Luxembourg City. Um, but obviously, it takes some time for a doctor to travel from the city to Etelbrook, um, during which time they had to take care of both the mother and child. Um, and then at the same time, that doctor was obviously then missing from CHL because they had to go to um, Etelbrooke. And the hospital just uh, decided that it couldn't uh, continue functioning in this way. Um, I mean, around 800 babies are born in Etelbrooke a year, which is not that much so it's quite a small maternity ward um and um yeah so they had to temporarily close down while they find a solution to this
1: and is this a shortage of specialists is this something that's uh, unique to luxembourg or is it kind of um something that we see in other countries as well in Europe? <laughs>
0: We do see it in other countries as well. Um, I mean, in Germany as well, there have been sort of warnings that there will be um, shortages of doctors, especially in the coming years. Um, I mean, if we if we look at Luxembourg, I think around um, 20% of doctors, so one in five doctors are aged 60 or over, um, which means that in the next sort of five to six years, we will see one in five doctors retiring um, and they obviously need to be replaced at some point. Um, and... So, and we already had another hospital, um, the Centre Hospitalier Emile Meyers, which is in z uh, They have also warned that at, in their maternity ward, they will also have, um, I think, around a half of doctors retiring in the next five years. Um, wow. So they will also need to replace those people um, so that they can. You know deliver the care that that is needed
1: hmm you um you mentioned just there that the closure was kind of at at short notice um and that people didn't really know that it was going to happen why what happened there?
0: So we don't really know where the communications blunder happened. Um, but the hospital had a had a board meeting on over the weekend, I think on the Sunday even. And um, there was then an urgent parliamentary question that was asked by a, a member of parliament. And these documents are public. As soon as they're submitted to parliament, anyone can see them. Um, and the question asked, you know, the, the hospital has decided to close down its maternity ward. What does this mean? What is being done? Um, and so immediately it was picked up in the news um, that this was closing down. Um, and then the hospital itself at nearly 10 p.m. in the evening issued an official statement. Um, but at this time, they were already, well, mothers who had recently delivered a baby, who were, already, who were already staying at the ward, you know, thinking that they would be kicked out on Monday, which absolutely isn't what happened. Uh, so anyone who was already there in care there is obviously able to stay until... You know they leave the ward um, but also mothers who were supposed to be giving birth there in the next couple of weeks you know called the hospital on the sunday um, to find out what was happening um, nobody really knew because the hospital was having a meeting on the monday to discuss you know how they would sort of communicate this to their patients um, so it did end up being a bit chaotic on the on the communication side
1: so will mothers that were due to give birth in in Etterbruck, be reallocated to other hospitals in Luxembourg.
0: Yes. So the the main two hospitals who will be taking this on are the Bowler Clinic in uh, Kirchberg, and also the C H L. Um, but depending on where you are, um, obviously Ethelbrook was a hospital that served the the north of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so mothers who live sort of further up north, um, for example, Vienna or Veils, or um, really, will have,
1: th- we'll have to travel further. will
0: have to travel further. Yeah.
1: And are there uh, comfortably enough beds and specialists for the mothers in those other hospitals to kind of accommodate all the extra patients.
0: Yeah, so they do have the capacity to take care of them there. As I said, there's not that many births at the the Etelberg ward, um, so they w- they will be able to accommodate them. It will obviously be a bit busier on these wards than normally, mm-hmm. um, but uh, there is a sort of for a there is for the sort of for the time being, um, it will work out.
1: Okay, and how long is this closure expected to carry on? We don't really know.
0: So they, uh, they have announced a plan to reopen the ward. Um, there is no date yet, um, but the Centre Hospitalier du Nord, so the one in Etelbrooke and the CHL, they have found an agreement um, on how to sort of ensure care. So the um, Etelbrooke ward will only be taking on low-risk pregnancies in future, um, which already significantly lowers the risk of needing sort of these uh, specialists. Um, there will also be more like emergency medical transport available to transfer um, both mothers and uh, infants if needed. Um, there will also be a trained team for infant resuscitation at the CHDN, which was one of the sort of sticking points of why they closed. Um, so there is there is this plan, which was agreed on uh, Friday, um, but there's just no precise date yet when all of this will be put into action.
1: Mm. You mentioned uh, just uh, before um, that there's uh, this kind of downward trend in um, in in... Like staff numbers of doctors in general, uh, a lot of doctors retiring um, and uh, not enough young doctors entering practice in Luxembourg. Do we know why this is?
0: One of the problems is that up until very recently, Luxembourg didn't have any medical education. Hmm. Um, so anyone who wanted to become a doctor would leave the country to go and study abroad. Um, and then a lot of people quite simply just didn't come back um i mean i think this is something that happens in many different areas when you know young people they go away and they study they maybe they meet someone or whatever they start their career somewhere else and they they just don't make their way back to luxembourg um so that has that has changed the university of luxembourg they um launched a bachelor in medicine in 2020 and they're expecting to launch a master's program in 2023 um as well as a bachelor in nursing science um and there are also plans, for example, to have a uh, for Luxembourg and France to cooperate on a nursing school, um, because Luxembourg really relies on cross-border workers in its health, in its healthcare system. So around a quarter of doctors and two thirds of nurses um, commute into the country from Belgium, France, and Germany. Um, one of the particularities also about Luxembourg is that. Um, It is very difficult for foreign doctors to start work here um, because you need to provide proof that you speak French, German and Luxembourgish. Mm -hmm. Um, And with French or German, um, you have to be able uh, to speak at a B2 proficiency level, which is fairly advanced. And there are also very lengthy um, procedures to recognize um, non-EU qualifications um, which sort of hinders access to medical professions. Um, for example, for the spouses of expats who come here, one of them comes here for a job, even if the other one has a medical qualification, um, it'll be very difficult for them to start work here. Um, so I think all of those are sort of part of the reason um, why we're in this situation.
1: Okay. Um, and is this is this something that could be a problem for Luxembourg in, in the future? If um, I mean, you've mentioned that the There are these new courses starting at the university, which hopefully will do some uh, good to resolving the situation. But are we looking at like a crisis of doctors in Luxembourg at some point?
0: Well, obviously, it would take even though the the students who have started now, Mm. uh, so the first year of the bachelor's Mm. in 2020, uh, medicine is a field that takes... Has a very long period of, um, of training before yeah. um, uh, people can start working. So it will take a while for all of these measures to really sort of see um, a sort of like a new wave of doctors potentially starting in Luxembourg. Um, there are some areas, for example, in occupational health where Luxembourg is already kind of below an EU target. So um, there's one doctor for around 5,000 employees when the EU standard is one per 3,500. Mm. Um, And there are similar risks with sort of GPs, for example, um, that uh, doctor's offices will just have to take on a lot more patients. Um, So I wouldn't exactly say that we're looking at um, a crisis in uh, sort of doctor shortages. And some of these things are still a few years away. Um, But it is definitely something that needs to kind of be addressed in the long term. Um, But again, it is a problem that that we are seeing in in other countries in the EU as well.
1: Okay, great. Well, um, thanks uh, for Updating us on that, Uh, let's look at some events that you've got picked out for um, the listeners Um, over the coming week. The first event that you'd like to talk about is um, the Pottery Market, which happens on Easter Monday, I believe.
0: Exactly. So it's the um, E-Meißen, it's called. Um, It's a pottery market that happens in Luxembourg City, but also in Nospelt. And... um it's, so it's the first time that it's back since the start of the pandemic. It was cancelled in 2020 and in 2021. Um, and it's really sort of a quintessential piece of Luxembourg, I'd say. Um, it's where you buy uh, uh, the Peckfilchen, they're called. So it's a little uh, bird-shaped uh, clay whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so, so. There's been shards found around Luxembourg City um, dating as far back as uh, the 16th century. Wow. Um, so it's something that has been going on for a very long time. Um, the oldest written records of the mice in Luxembourg City date to 1827, um, and these kind of appear to show that there was like a mass celebrated at the Saint Michel Church in Luxembourg City on Easter Monday in honor of the Potters Guild, which sort of links the Easter Monday with this pottery market. The Saint Michel Church is the one. Um, it's sort of like a, tu- a few doors down from the tube. That's probably the right, yeah. <laughs> um, the sort of landmark nearest that most people will know. Yeah. Um, and it kind of lost its significance a bit over the years, especially sort of in the run-up, uh, sort of in the 1920s and 30s. But then it really regained um, in significance um, after the Second World War. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really a, a lovely lovely piece of, yeah. of Luxembourg history in a way and Luxembourg tradition and um,
1: it's maybe, maybe a great thing for somebody to, to visit if it's there for, if they're new to Luxembourg to see a really old Luxembourg tradition
0: yes definitely buy in yourself action. a peck there's also usually some sort of like folk dancing um, there's food and drink it starts quite early at 8am All right. <laughs> um, so it's from 8 to 5 it usually gets kind of busier from around noon mm-hmm. um, I think up onto, like for now the weather report says it will be sunny um, so it should just be a really nice day out and um, yeah so you can go to the one in Luxembourg city or the one in Oswald um, and just uh, yeah, discover a bit of a bit of Luxembourg.
1: Great, um, and so our second event for listeners to look forward to.
0: Um, so this is earlier. <laughs> Normally we do them chronologically, but yeah. the Emyson is on is on the 18th on Easter Monday. But before then, um, on the 14th, you can go and see uh, Romeo and Juliet um, by the National Theatre. Um, there was supposed to be a, a stage show with um, Josh O'Connor, who's fairly well known I think for playing um, Prince Charles in the recent um, seasons of The Crown and um, Jesse Buckley um, and but then the pandemic happened and obviously they couldn't do the show so what they did instead is what they, they did a filmed version of the play um, and they also used kind of the backstage spaces of the National Theatre um, and it's really sort of interestingly done and um, that film is now um, it was available in the UK and in the US um, on uh, different sort of uh, video on demand platforms but it's now also being shown in uh, Luxembourg and that's at uh, Cine Utopia on the 14th
1: okay um, and finally our um, last event
0: if you want some music that's on the 16th you can go and see Dead Can Dance uh, which is at the Rock Hall I believe um, yes it is and um, yeah it's a kind of iconic 4AD band mm-hmm. and uh, if you want to catch them um, for some live music you can do that on uh, Saturday
1: great and all of these events can be found on the agenda section of the Delano website as well yes. uh, let's end things with a personal pick from you what have we got this week
0: so my personal pick is the Netflix series Afterlife by uh, Ricky Gervais um, it's not exactly new but the, the latest so the third season came out not too long ago okay. um, and I I had, hadn't watched the, I hadn't watched it when it first came out because, admittedly, um, I find Ricky Gervais a bit hit and miss, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. And there's, there's a few things of that I haven't particularly enjoyed, so I wasn't too keen on this. Um, but then, uh, yeah, a few friends recommended it to me and I did sit down and just sort of watched all three seasons uh, fairly quickly. And it's about a guy called Tony, whose uh, wife has uh, recently died of cancer. And the season, the series, kind of opens with him making no secret of the fact that he intends to kill himself um, because he just cannot cope with that loss. And the only thing that's kept him alive is um, their dog, who's still alive, whom he needs to take care of. Um, but throughout the series, he, um, yeah, just sort of rediscovers the, the joy in life and coping with, with grief. And um, it's a really heartfelt series, but also with a lot of humor. And okay, um, so I was
1: going to say Ricky Gervais usually does comedy. Uh, so is this more of a kind of uh serious tone for him or
0: it it is very um I mean there is still a lot of uh there's a lot of swearing right. <laughs> as with a lot of Ricky Chavez um comedy. And he plays a like a reporter at a local newspaper in the UK, um, the Tambri Gazette. And um that means that he goes to see all sorts of ridiculous people, okay. um, like a couple whose baby looks like Hitler, um, right. and these kinds of things um, that so there there's a lot of comedy in his job in a way, okay. um, and the, sort of some of the other characters in the show. Um, but it's definitely a lot more sort of pensive um, than some of his other things that I've seen. Um, Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, at least on my part, there was a lot of ugly crying.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Um, thanks very much for coming in for Top of the Week this week. Uh, we will be posting this interview to our website for people to listen back uh, to find out all those details. Uh, and, uh, yep, events can be found on delano.lu as well. Yes. Uh, thanks very much. We'll see you or your colleague next week for another Top of the Week. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers.